Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to Pirates Talk. The Seton Hall University women's basketball team has gotten off to a 2-1 start with a trip to the Cancun Classic coming up later this week with games on Thanksgiving Day and on Friday. Head coach Tony Bazella has guided his team to two NCAA tournament appearances and three appearances in the WNIT. Poised to make another postseason run, Tony joins me on this edition of Pirates Talk to discuss what it will take to get there, the state of his team, and more. Tony Pizzella, thanks very much for giving me some of your time. I always appreciate it. What's new with you, my friend? Matt, great to talk to you. I'm so excited. The Devils are doing so well. I'm a big hockey fan. I'm a Ranger fan, but I but I actually enjoy watching the sport a lot. And obviously, I watch you on, with the Devils and listen to you. Um, so I, I'm excited, and uh, and I have to get to the New Islander Arena as well. That's on my on my to do list. Well, I, I'm sure you'll be able to do that, and I appreciate your support of the sport. Interesting, and we'll get to basketball in a second, but interesting that you mentioned you're a fan of hockey in addition to being a Rangers fan because oftentimes what we find in this sport is fans of a team, not so much the league or the game, but fans of a team. So I'm glad you're spreading the love out a little bit. Well, I grew up on Long Island, and in the years of 1980 to 84, I was in high school. So those were pretty good years in Long Island. Uh, so we had season tickets to my dad's company, but he was such a big Islander fan. I was like, I can't be, you know, with my dad. So I changed and, uh, and, uh, and I was a Ranger fan, but I went to many and many a game and, uh, many a playoff game and there was nothing like the Coliseum. I loved it. It, it. it was a great building. That's for sure. And as much as they've tried to keep some of the same design elements in the new building, and I've not been out there, uh, it's not going to be the same. The Coliseum was a, a unique barn and, and we will certainly miss it. Although I understand why they wanted to open up that new palace uh, yes. just outside of a Belmont racetrack. At any rate, let's talk about your club, by the way, happy birthday. I know you celebrated a birthday over the weekend. I did. Thank you. And uh, it was a much better birthday than last year when I had just contracted COVID and I was in a bed and then soon to be in the hospital. So actually, this one was a lot better. I'm not going to lie. There you go. You could blow out the candles and be upright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. And we know what COVID did to you personally. That, that's been well documented. I mean, it really did knock you for a loop and it affected the team. Obviously, everyone had some impact around the world from this pandemic, but I know it particularly affected you and the Seton Hall basketball team. But now that's passed. So what's this year all about? You're two and one headed to Mexico. What's the three game scouting report update on Seton Hall? You know, we're, we're inconsistent right now, Matt. Our, our defense is nowhere where it needs to be. Um, we, 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 we were completely a completely healthy team that basically had no one miss anything until about October 25th. I think that was the day. Let me just make October 23rd. And then that day, um, Sydney cooks um, got knocked into and sprained her ankle. And ever since then, we've had a barrage of injuries from um, Victoria Keenan um, tearing her ACL to um, uh, Cartesia Dean breaking her hand to um, Ariel Cummings um, uh, uh, fracturing her foot. Um, We had um, a, you know, Sydney Cooks with a sprained ankle. Amari um, Wright got knocked on the nose, so we're we're waiting on those results. So, so we're down to about nine or ten healthy players. Now, with that being said, um, we're slowly getting kids back, and we're learning to play. You know, 
different kids in different roles, and some of them have done very well. Like, you know, uh, Kayla Harris is really, you know, taking the bull by the horns and has really, um, you know, played really well for us last game in our win over um, Lehigh and, and has done really well in practice in these uh, uh, last seven or eight days that we've had to practice. So we've seen a lot of positives. Um, but we need to get healthy and we need to play better consistently. We're not. And um, it took us a little while last year. I was hoping this year, watching practice early on, we were going to not have to worry about that. But really, we, we, we struggled defending and um, and our offense has not been crisp. So um, got a little better against Lehigh, but we have a ways to go. Well, two and one on the season. And I know there are rarely coincidences in this world. And I did notice that after the Fordham loss, and, and you lost pretty big, although it was tight there, you, you pulled back into it in the third quarter, but you wound up losing by a fairly wide margin. And prior to the most recent game against Lehigh, and there wasn't much time in between, you either retweeted or liked a tweet about adversity from someone by the name of John Gordon, where you know you have a choice when you hit adversity to run away from each other or toward each other, he wrote. Uh, you said, well said, so I, I, I guess you, you quote tweeted it. Or you can fight each other or fight for each other. And I'm guessing that wasn't really just a, a coincidence, was it? You were probably sending a no, message there? I did. And, and to our kids' credit, we we um, took that message and I thought have practiced really well, have tried really hard in the Lehigh game when we hit adversity. We found a way to fight through adversity and the girls did a great job and I was proud of them for that. I really was. As well, you should be. It speaks volumes about a club that can, you know, see what they need to do and do it. So, what lies ahead as you head to Cancun for Thanksgiving and the day after? You start with USC. Tell me a little bit about this tournament. We do, and it's a, it's a great tournament. It's one of the top tournaments in women's basketball. There's about ten teams there. It's kind of it's predetermined who you're going to play. So we will play USC. We were going to play Iowa, and they had a uh, bunch of COVID positive tests. So. They had to drop out, so um, they had Caitlin Clark, one of the best players in the country. So instead, we get USC, which has one of the best uh, freshmen in the country, um, and and she, um, her name is um, Rhea Marshall, and she's just a tremendous athlete, six four, jumps through the roof, top twenty five player in the country coming out of high school, completely different player than than the last kid we were going to play, who was a guard. This is like a, a forward um, who can do it all. But USC is coached by Lindsey Gottlieb, who just uh, finished a stint with the Cleveland Cavaliers and was their coach at Cal for many years. I've known her. She's a New York girl. Um, so they're going to be very well coached. They're going to play really hard. They're four and one now, I think. Um, and they're going to be a great test for us, but it's someone we want to play. We want to play a, you know, a, a team that's going to be an NCAA caliber level team and it's going to be a good test for us. So we're going to have to play well. Um, they start uh, two kids at six five, and they bring this Marshall kid in as well, who's six four. So they're going to have a lot of height on us. So we're going to have to use our quickness, our spacing, and um, um, be tough for us to be competitive. And then Toledo is just a blue collar, hardworking team that's uh, three and one as well. Um, very well coached. Um, it's had a lot of success. They won the NIT championship a few years ago. Um, been to the big tournament as well. So we have our work cut out for us in the two games on Thursday and Friday. But we want that. We're looking forward to the challenge. If we want to get into the tournament, we've got to win some of these games. And uh, we have two great opportunities in front of us. Well, we wish you the best of luck there. And you mentioned the Cancun Challenge as being one of the best tournaments around. And I just finished before we 
sat down to do this interview, I just finished watching South Carolina in the second half basically dismantle UConn and win going away, particularly in the fourth quarter in the, and it's got about six different names, but it's the Atlantis tournament. Uh, And I started to think there are so many quality tournaments, more and more. uh, It just indicates that this sport, which has certainly elevated. There's no question. It didn't need to, it needs to go farther because it's so great. But my point is women's basketball. Now there are these great tournaments all the time. It's not just the men heading out to Maui or in the case of Seton Hall down to Fort Myers for the men's team. There are great tournaments for both sides. It's fantastic. It's unbelievable. And, 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 you know, someone like yourself who's noticed it and helps coverage it. Um, you know, um, I just think we have so much growth and, 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 and you know, what's great. We're getting sponsors for these tournaments. We're being invited to these tournaments. The tournaments are making money. It's a lot more popular. I mean, the crowd down in Atlantis for the Yukon tournament was great. Our crowd is great. We have five or six sets of parents. Um, we're oversold in, in the one resort. They have to move um, a lot of the families to another part of the resort because there's so many people that are coming. Um, so it's great. We're excited for that. And, and I think it's just a great opportunity for us. I really do um, to grow the sport and get a little popularity. And, you know, that's why we have to win it. I mean, all the games are carried now by Flow Sports. Um, ESPN has some games. Fox has some games. So I think it's great. You mentioned uh, the injuries that you've battled through. It sounds like all but one you can pretty much expect to have back eventually to get your full club. We do. I mean, Victoria's out for the year, unfortunately. She tore ACL. She was our best shooter off the bench. Curtisia Dean is our best scorer off the bench, who's, who's starter ability. Um, probably about three weeks more, um, she she broke a bone in her hand in the um, Mount St. Mary's game. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and, and um, Ariel Cummings probably – two to three weeks with her foot fracture. Um, it's a stress fracture. So we'll see those three are out now. Amari Wright just got hurt. So we're hoping, we're hoping day to day or we can, we can figure it out, but we don't know about her quite yet. You do have some very important returning players who have avoided the medical ward. And, you know, I'm talking about uh, Andra Espinosa Hunter, and I'm also talking about Lauren Park Lane. Uh, Maya Bembry is back and, uh, so is uh, Maya Jackson. Do you have to lean on those players now more, knowing that your rotation is slim? I guess it's an obvious question, but how do you lean on those four, maybe, uh, with the rotation being less than you would like because of the injuries? And, and you're right. It, it, it's, 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 it's an obvious question, but a, a great question, because how do I lean on them? Do I kill them in practice? Do I put too much pressure on them? Do I let them just play? Do I lesson up practice, you know? So I talked to them, you know, I went to dinner with all three of them in, or, or recently or lunch, Andra and uh, Maya Jackson and, and Lauren um, at different times. And I asked them and they gave me their opinion. And I, I, I call this a relationship, you know, we, I call them marriage. We have to understand them. They have to understand me and ultimately I have to make a decision, but they want to practice and they want to play. We scrimmage a lot still in practice and they want to stay at a high level and, and really feel good about themselves and feel healthy. So, you know, they want to play Matt. They do. Um, with that being said, I have to know when to pull in the reins and, and, and slow them down as well. But those three, they could play 40 minutes a game, every game. That's what they do. That's what they like to do. And that's why I'm comfortable with them. You know, we need Sydney to get back from her ankle at hundred percent. She's playing, but she's not there. And, um, you know, we need Katie Armstrong and Maya Bemery to really step it up. And I think they will. Uh, uh, Sydney Cooks is a transfer from Michi- Mississippi State. I, I would imagine that Espinosa Hunter played a little role in that as well. 
her coming? <laughs> She's my she was my recruiting coordinator for that one. I'm not gonna lie. You know, we don't we don't get Sydney without Andre, and that's not a knock on anything, but that just said you know, Andre so you know, enjoys it here. She enjoys the program, she enjoys how the school takes care of her, how the relationship she has with the coaching staff. And um she told Sydney about that, and that's why we were able to get Sydney. There's no it was during COVID where no no one can visit. So we got her based on those things. It was great. So she's got experience. Espinosa Hunter is a graduate student. So is uh, Katie Armstrong. Uh, would you say you're more a veteran club than you've been in a while? We are, man. That's why I'm a little disappointed with, with our, our just, you know, unevenness in how we're playing. Just, you know, up and down, up and down. I don't want to say that we played poorly the whole time. We haven't. But we'll show flashes of five or six good minutes. I and mean, we're down 14 or 15 to Fordham. We cut it to two in about four minutes. And then, you know, the quarter's just about to end. And instead of us tying the game, we turn it over. Well, they score. We're down four. We turn it over and they go down. We go down six to end the quarter. It should have been tied or up two. So little stuff like that is important, you know. And 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 I, I think we've got to do a much better job of, of, you know, keeping things where they are. We can't turn the ball over in the point. We've got to get the ball to the right people in the right plays. And we've got to do those things. It's important. Uh, Lauren Park Lane was the most improved player in the conference last year. Uh, what does she do to take an, uh, or what does she have to do to take the next step? I think she's got to do three more consistently. Okay. She struggled with that this year. She shot it great. We've had like a mini camp because we ended about eight days ago, but we, we have eight days between our last game and this game or nine days. So we made it like a little training camp. We worked, got back to some fundamentals, a lot more, you know, individual work and she's she's really blossomed from that and she's got to be more consistent defensively i think at times she stands around she watches if she's going to be an elite player who could be playing the next level for sure she's got to improve her defense and her consistency on her shooting and really i think she can do a better job to set people up she's done well but and she's very good at it but i think she could be elite at it and i think she's just trying to learn the kids that's why sydney being out three weeks and having this person out and this person out. It's hard on Lauren because she's trying to set everyone up and figure it out. You've spoken of your frustration quite eloquently, and, and it even comes through not just in your words, but in in the tone and the, the tenor of your voice. I, I guess with what you had coming back, and you're three games in, by the way. I, let's pull back from the ledge. And you're two and one, and, and you were voted to finish third in the Big East, which doesn't matter if you don't do it on the court. I understand all of that. But I imagine there was just such a sense of, wow, we got something really good here. Because last year you had the COVID thing. You wind up not going to the WNIT because uh, you declined the invite. And then the year before you had a chance, you were going to the big tournament and then the the year shuts down. And now you're like, hey, we're back, but not back. And uh, I I can hear it. Yeah. And and, and I'm frustrated, not because we lost to Fordham, but maybe the way we lost, not because we beat Mount St. Mary's and Lehigh, which are both picked to win their league. Now, I know, you know, they're not the Big East League. One's the NEC and one's the uh, um, the um, uh, Patriot League, but they're still picked to win their league. And as we can see in, in following other scores in both men's and women's basketball, teams that are picked to win their league are veteran teams, and they're going to give you a hard time no matter what level you're at. That's why our men's win over Yale, in, in my mind, was so impressive because they were picked first in their league and we dismantled them. And I think that's why they were able to play that well against Michigan. We need to do a better job so we can play this well against the U S seas of the world and everything. So I think I am, there is frustration. There is 
annoyance. Um, I, you know, we have a standard here and we have a high standard for our program and we expect to win. And, you know, you know, we have a great leader in our men's program to follow along. And, you know, Coach Willard came down and helped me for 30 minutes the other day, right after they beat Michigan. He came in the next day and I had someone up here and, and he came down and we went over a lot of stuff defensively and he gave me some great, great thoughts and great, um, you know, ideas. And, you know, we look at them and we need to follow that version a little bit better. We need to be tougher. We need to fight and we need to do those things. I'm not surprised that the teams share resources, personnel resources, but I'm glad to hear it. I, I didn't realize that the relationship was such that, you know, he would come down. I'm sure if he's got a question for you, you're there to answer it. Uh, that speaks volumes about both of you and about what Seton Hall's all about in my mind. It is, man. And as a graduate, you know, it's about the people here at Seton Hall. And Coach Willie and I have known each other since the Iona days. And, you know, a lot of people have finally realized what a great coach he is. You know, I, I've known that for a long time, but a lot of people finally realize that. But a lot of people don't know how great a person he is. Him, his wife, Julie, and his family are just, just been tremendous friends to me and Maria and our family because he cares about how well we do. He watches our practices from his office. He, 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 he's not afraid to drop me a text or a note and on some thoughts and, and everything and stuff like that. So I, I think those things are really important. I, I really, you know, am thankful for him and, and, and what he does. Well, hopefully uh, the messages uh, sink into the players and they get it going. I'll leave you with a couple of questions about the tournament. As I mentioned earlier, I, or not the tournament, the, the conference. I mentioned earlier, I, I, I saw UConn number two in the country go down to South Carolina number one before we recorded this. Uh, they return all their starters. They're voted number one. Uh, in the Big East by the coaches. You were voted number three with DePaul in between. Uh, what has UConn done? Is it now, look, they're here. We're going to challenge them. We're going to play them. I know you got a sellout crowd coming up early in December at Walsh uh, to face them. But does that force all the other teams in the league, not to say woe is me, but let's get there as close to them as we can? And how do you go about doing that? I, I think you, you, you have to understand that. You can't build your season about beating them, but you have to be confident when you play them. The reason we're able to be, we've been competitive with them is our kids are very confident against them and stuff like that. And I think those things are really important. I, I, I think, you know, you have to be confident and you have to, you know, believe you can win. But that starts with, you know, practicing in, in, over the summer in September, working hard, understanding you're going to play against the best of the best. And that's why we wanted to play Iowa or now USC and we're playing Princeton and we're playing UCF and we're playing Lehigh and Mount all picked first in their leagues. Like we were playing those teams because we want to challenge ourselves because we know we have the ultimate challenge in Connecticut. And I enjoy playing Connecticut. I do. Um, and everyone's like, oh, you know, you, you might not, you probably won't win. Yeah, I don't know. And you never know. Someone's going to have to beat them at some point. I don't think a lot of people thought they were going to lose to South Carolina by 15 points either. So, you know, you never know. Now, do I think they're the best team? Yes, I do. I still think at the end of the year, they will be the best team. They're fantastically coached and he's going to get these players to play together. But this is a great challenge for us. And it's going to show a lot about us, but we got a long way to go before we get there. We got two great games in Cancun and we've got to win. You know, you know, what's interesting, Matt, and I don't want to go off on a tangent, but we played Connecticut on a Friday night. Well, the Big East did us no favors because now we play St. John's, which isn't playing on Friday night on Sunday on the road. So no one cares. We've got to be ready to play. We've got to put the UConn game behind us at 9-15 and get ready for St. John's. And, you know, that's, again, are we going to learn those lessons? Are we really the third best team in the league? Well, if we are, we're going to have to find a way to, to 
to to fight through that and, and be ready to play on that Sunday. Well, as you know, clippings mean nothing. It's what you do on the floor. Oh. And like all coaches, you're not going to go too far ahead. And given where your team is at, I'm not going to ask you to go too far ahead. So good luck uh, in the Thanksgiving uh, period in the Cancun Challenge against USC and Toledo. But I'll, I'll leave you with this. That game against UConn, as I mentioned, sellout at the newly renovated Walsh. And I've seen the pictures. I've seen the video. I have it on my calendar to get up there as a Seton Hall grad who cut his teeth in that gondola looking down at both men's and women's basketball and calling their games and figuring out this might be something I want to do for a career. Tell me what, what it looks like in person, because I can't wait to see it myself. It is It is really, what they've done is amazing. I think we've kept a lot of the historic feel of it, and I think that's really important. So I'm really blessed with that. And I think they've done some other great things in terms of just acoustics and, and the video boards and all those things. I mean, I think it's just great what they've done with all that stuff. It's, it's amazing. It, it has that historic feel, but it's still got that modern look and that modern you know, sound and it has not taken away from the acoustics. We're still, when we get, you know, a thousand or 1200 fans, I think we have a great, you know, environment in there. It's, it's amazing. Well, looking forward to seeing Walsh myself, hoping the best for your team coming up. I, I, again, the frustration is there. It's up to them to crack through, figure it all out because the talent is there. You'll get healthy eventually, and hopefully it's a great season for Seton Hall. And uh, Tony, I know you'll feel a lot better if you can sit down the day after Thanksgiving with a victory and jet on home uh, from Cancun to South Orange with another victory in your hip pocket in the second game. And I wish you the very best of luck in doing that. And thanks for joining us. Matt, thanks for having me and keep up the great work with the Devils and representing our great school at Seton Hall. Thank you again. And that will wrap things up for this edition of Pirates Talk. Thanks to Tony Bazella for sharing his time. And good luck to Tony and his team as they embark for the Cancun Classic later this week and in the upcoming Big East season. Pirates Talk is available wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I invite you to rate the show, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, as always, to Pat Christensen, the sound engineer of the program and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme. And thanks to you for your company. It's very much appreciated. I'm Matt Lockwood. Until next time, be safe, be well, happy Thanksgiving, and let's go Pirates! Pirates!